Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Extraordinary Talk Show. I'm so glad to have you here with me today. It's another Monday, which is when I'm always here, which makes me look forward to Mondays. I hope you guys do because I do. Okay, guys, I got a big, big topic. What I'm talking about today is something that is going to happen to every single one of us, whether you like it or not, and you may not. But I'm hoping that after we talk about this today, you'll have a little bit less fear, a little bit less uncertainty about what this means for you and what it means for the people in your life that you love. We're going to talk today about death, about dying, about the end of life. Usually I talk about life, 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 how to live, how to live, how to have the best life possible, right? Today I'm going to talk about death. I feel that I'm actually a pretty good person to talk about this topic because, among other things, I'm a home health and hospice nurse. And I've guided people to and through this process, which sounds like a strange kind of job, right? I always kind of joke, because come on, when we're talking about death, you got to joke. Anybody in the healthcare field, we're respectful. We really are. But also when it comes to it, we have to joke because we have to make light of those things or life just gets too serious and too hard to handle. So we joke and we joke a lot. I like to joke that when it comes to being a hospice nurse, I'm pretty good at it. I have a particular set of skills that I've acquired over a very long career. In fact, I kind of joke that that me and uh, that actor whose name I can't remember, Liam Neeson, that he and I would be a really good team because he could bring people to the point of death and I'd make sure they felt pretty good about it when they got there. You see, death has this scary feeling. Let's, let's start with defining it, okay? Death is when the human body is no longer alive, when there's no heart rate, when there's no breathing, when there's no body systems, when there's no electrical processes within the body because we are energy and our bodies are energetic. We have electricity in our bodies. That's why we do EKGs. That's why they can put little monitors on your brain and sense the electricity that is working in different parts of your brain as you think different things. We're all electric. And when our spirit is no longer in the body, we call that death. And the thing about death is it seems so final, which is kind of why it's scary. We joke about death a lot, though. In fact, just today I was watching Monty Python. And I was watching the parrot sketch. And if you know any Monty Python, you probably know that sketch. And what's so funny about that sketch is the way, not only that he slams the dead parrot on the counter, but the way he talks about this dead parrot and the way he describes the state it's in. He says, it's demised, it's passed on, it is no more. It has ceased to be, it has expired, it has gone to meet its maker. It is late. It is a stiff, bereft of life, it rests in peace. Had the parrot not been nailed to the post, it would be pushing up the daisies, run down the curtain, and meeting the choir and festival. It has breathed its last, and vis-a-vis the metabolic processes, it's had its lot. So there's a lot of ways to describe death. Bruce Lifton has a different understanding of death. I've talked about Bruce before. He's a doctor and has been for half a century. He started studying stem cells. 
And when he was looking at life and death, he at first when he started, he, he didn't believe in life after death. He didn't even believe in a higher power or a God of any kind. But he, was, he said, okay, if I have a radio and the radio breaks, is there still a signal? And the answer is yes. Right now, you might be listening to me on your radio. If your radio broke, my signal would still go out. The Extraordinary Talk Show would still be broadcast. You just wouldn't have a radio to hear it if you're listening on the radio, which a few of my listeners are. But, so if, if your body represents the radio and your spirit or soul or ghost or whatever you want to call it, I'm going to call it the spirit for most of this. If your spirit is the signal and your radio being your body breaks, does the signal go on? And the answer is yes. So at the very, very first, let's recognize that death, as we see it, as we understand it, is death of the body only. Also, guys, I got to put my disclaimer out there. What I'm telling you here right now are things that I have learned, things that I have witnessed, things that I have come to believe based on my own learning and my own experiences. If your learning and experiences are different, wonderful. I am not trying to tell you what to think. I am not trying to tell you what to believe. I am sharing with you what I believe so that you can listen, hear, ponder, do some more research if you need to, take some time. There's Nobody says you have to figure this out today. But I encourage you to come up with your own ideas, your own thoughts, whether you agree with mine or whether my ideas spur you to have your own thoughts and beliefs. If that happens, I'm succeeding. Because really what I'm here for is to get you to think and wonder and ask for yourself. So, what I understand of death. When a body, a human body, becomes very old, when it becomes ill, you see the human body, like the radio, has a specific vibration that it is tuned to. And your spirit also has a very specific vibration that it carries. And as long as the vibration of your spirit and the vibration of your body match and your body is able to maintain that vibration, your soul will be in your body and you will be alive. There comes a point with every body, save a few that we have some documentation of, that at some point the body loses its ability to maintain that vibration. The radio breaks and can no longer broadcast or receive that signal. The spirit, the signal, is still broadcast. It just can no longer find a vibrational home in this body. Does that make sense? Because I've seen this so many times, and you can see it as someone is dying you can watch how their body becomes less able to hold a soul. I've talked about our bodies before, and I want to remind you again, this awesome, amazing meat suit that you get to wear while you're here on this earth is a gift. I think I got a pretty cool one. Do you know I'm going to be 42 years old next week, next month? And... 
I still feel great. I look great. I have so much energy. I got a great body. And part of that is, has to do with how I've cared for my body while I've had it. But I also recognize that as much as I love this piece of meat, when the time comes that it can no longer match the vibration of my spirit, my spirit is going to go do its own thing. We are vibrational beings. We are spiritual beings. We are eternal beings. We do not only exist on this earth for a short period of years. This is but one teeny tiny stop on our existence. And we opted to come here. We chose to come here for the life and experience and joy and fun and lessons that we would get here. And it's a beautiful experience to be here on this earth in these meat suits, what I like to call our virtual reality suits, right, for this earth. Because our spirit has a source somewhere else. And that source is broadcasting our spirit into this meat suit, into this body that we get to wear around. And how cool is that? Now, how do I know that there is life after death? How do I know that there's life before death? Let me explain this way. Before I was a home health and hospice nurse, years and years before, I was a labor and delivery scrub tech, certified nurses aide and scrub tech in labor and delivery. I have seen hundreds of babies be born. So I've worked on both ends of the spectrum. I've worked when life comes in to this earth, and I've worked when life leaves this earth. And I got to tell you something. They're very, very similar. Those two experiences are so similar. Because what we have is that this earthly meat suit and the signal gets broadcast into it and it takes its first breath. And when it does, do you know what happens? If you've ever been in a hospital when a baby is born, especially if it's a baby that you were excited about meeting, there's an energy, there's an excitement. Maybe it's only the mom there. Maybe it's mom and dad and and 15 people sitting outside the door with their ear to the door waiting to hear that first cry. But there's an anticipation. There's an excitement. And when that baby comes in and takes that first breath, there are cheers. People celebrate. There's tweeting and Facebook living and calls to grandma and celebration. Right? It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. When it happens on the other end, the same thing happens. I've been there. I've been aware of what's happening. And I've had the special experience of not having a deep, deep emotional connection to the person who was passing. You know, like when my grandparents died and people that I love died, I had a deep emotional connection. It's, it's hard to see the forest for the trees when you're in the midst of that deep emotional loss because that happens when someone dies. As a hospice nurse, I have the opportunity to be in the situation without the emotional ties, which gives me a pragmatic perspective of what happens. The baby comes in, breathes the first, the first breath, celebration, and cheers. On the other end, when the breath 
goes out and the spirit leaves that body, there are cheers. There are celebration. It's a spirit moving from one dimension and existence to another. And when that happens, that spirit is absolutely greeted with love. There are cheers. There's celebration. There is reunion. I know this to be the case. I'm risking getting to the metaphysical here. I don't know how I could work in the work that I do if I didn't have a sense of those spirits. I sense those spirits before the patient dies. I can usually tell that a patient's time is getting close because the spirits who are coming to guide that person home show up. And if you're paying attention, you can feel them too. Like I said, it's been easier for me because in those situations, I don't have the emotional attachment that distracts me. I have the ability to sit back and feel the room. And when I feel the room, I know that there are more souls present than what I can see with my physical eyes. And I know that those souls have come to greet this spirit that's about to leave this earth life virtual reality suit and move on. It's scary for us when, we get, when we're getting up to that point. But for my patients, once they're there, there's almost never fear. Once they're there, there's a kind of peace. There's an acceptance. There's an understanding. And that's when this feeling of comfort comes into the room. This feeling of peace comes into the room. And anyone who is paying attention cannot deny that there are angels in that room. And as that one soul leaves the body, it is immediately, without question, greeted by the other souls who are there to meet it. Some of those souls are souls that that person knew in life on this earth. And many, many of them, they knew before they came to this earth. But they immediately have recognition. They immediately know who these people are. And they immediately gain an understanding of the process that they are in the middle of. Of leaving this earthly existence to go on to something that is bigger, is better, is more beautiful. I'm not here to talk about heaven and hell today. We can have that conversation another time. What I know is that many people fear death because they fear that they're not worthy. They worry about dying with sin or in sin or not being good enough for God, or whatever. There's so much fear that comes when death comes, when death approaches. And I've seen patients do this, especially if they have people waiting for them on the other side that they're nervous about seeing again. If you can hear my words, 
and understand what I'm saying, I would like to allay those fears. I had one patient who was afraid of seeing a loved one who had died before him. And do you know that we have the ability to hasten or, or prolong the death moment? In January of the year 2000, more people died in January of the year 2000 than they did in the entire six months previous to that. This is because there were so many people who were approaching death, preparing for death, who said to themselves, I want to see the year 2000. And once they saw the year 2000, they were good. They took off. And I've seen this with my patients. For example, this one who had someone on the other side that he was terrified to see again. He lived a month longer than anyone expected him to based on his intake and the treatments or lack thereof. Everyone involved expected him to pass away within a week. He lived over a month because he was so afraid of seeing that person on the other side. And I wish I could have told him, I wish he could have heard me and understood that that person on the other side was there to greet him with open arms and a smile. There was no blame. There is no hurt carried on. If you have hurt someone else and they're dead and you're afraid to meet them when you get there, you don't need to worry. It doesn't matter what happened between you and this earth because when you get past this, you see the much, much bigger perspective. You're, you're looking at a map and you see the one little spot that says you are here and you can't make sense of the rest of the map. Once you get out of this physical body that's actually holding you back and limiting you, you can see the rest of the map and you can see how these little things that happened on earth, these hurt feelings and offenses don't matter. They, we only care about those here. While we're stuck in this heavy vibration on this earth in these weird bodies that our soul was actually like, you're used to your body, but deep inside, your soul goes, well, this is a new one. <laughs> this is a new experience for your soul. That's why you're here. To live this body and have this soul. Not to stack up a list of doubts, not to stack up a list of fears, not to stack up a list of reasons why you feel that you're unworthy. Because God, if the person you're afraid of meeting is God, let me explain this to you. God loves unconditionally. People love conditionally. Men and women love conditionally. Unfortunately, all too often, churches love conditionally. God loves unconditionally. Whatever you think you're going to have to square up with God when you get there is not nearly so bad as you think it is. I promise all of the things that you're blaming yourself for, all of the things that you're holding against yourself, God loves unconditionally. 
God doesn't even care about the past once it's in the past, and neither should you. God cares about the past because it made you who you are today, and hopefully who you are today is better than it was yesterday, and that's all God cares about. You may feel that there are things that you have to square up with God when you get there. I'm going to leave that to you because that's your belief and that's how you have to feel it in order to make sense and move forward. Let me tell you though, just like you shouldn't believe me just because I'm telling you this, you shouldn't believe anybody just because they tell you what happens before life or after life. You can know for yourself. You can do what I've done and study and learn and research and listen to your intuition. Your intuition is your greatest teacher, better than any human can ever be. When someone tells you something about death, that you'll go to hell or that you'll go to heaven or that God loves you unconditionally and it's going to be okay when you get there one way or the other, say those things to yourself and see how you feel inside. Do those things sit well with you? Do those things make you feel like unhappy, shaky, wobbly? If that's the case, those things may not be true. The things that are true will sit right in your heart, and you'll know what I'm talking about. But I want you to remember whether you're worried about someone else dying or you dying. Life is not about living perfectly. Life does not end at death. If you think you must have every loose string tied, every detail wrapped up, you don't. You don't end when your body ends. Your journey does not end when your body ends. You still have learning to do. You still have growth to do. And God, who is unconditional and loves unconditionally, knows that. When the day comes for you to meet God, Go with confidence, knowing that God sees your heart. And that's all that matters. And when someone else goes, God sees their heart. And that's all that matters. I thought about this for a while. Because I was baptized as a child, and I was told when I was baptized that I was now pure and perfect. And that if I were to die right then, that I could go straight to heaven. And I thought, well, why didn't they drown me as soon as I came out of the water? If that's, if that's true, and if that's basically the only time in my life that I'm ever going to be pure and perfect, or when I'm born and when I'm baptized, why did they let me keep living and screwing things up? Let me tell you, because you can't screw it up. You can only learn and you can only get better. God also knows that some people live a year. Some people live 12 years. Some people live over 100 years. And he knows that we, he cannot judge all of our progress based on the few years, the limited time span that we get here. That progress continues. 
You're not done when your body is baked. You, your soul, your essence, your energy is eternal and goes on forever. And you will always have the opportunity to improve and come closer to what you see as perfection. And as you get there, you might find your view and perception of what perfection is changes. So when it comes to death, don't worry too much about it. It's not that big of a deal. And if you are saying goodbye to someone because they get to go on, be happy for them, especially if they've been living in a, in a heavy, ill body. They get to be free of that. They're no longer going to be weighed down by that. You will miss them. You will miss their presence in your life. But they are not gone. Abraham Hicks says, we like to use the word croak rather than death because we like to be as disrespectful of death as we can because we know that it does not exist. I'm Della Hill. Please check me out on the YouTube channel, The Extraordinary Talk Show. And can I please get a shout out to my sister, Carrie, for sending me this awesome, extraordinary t-shirt. I love you all. I hope you have an amazing week and I will see you next Monday. Have an extraordinary week.